1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today, I got Matthew Aguilar. Yo, what
2: up? Janelle Wheeler. Hey, everybody. Connor Casey. Kofi, I don't want to alarm you, but something's wrong with the timeline. (laughs)
3: <laughs> oh my
1: That's amazing wow. oh my God. Wolverine
2: Claws you, you never run out of gags yes.
1: <laughs> Look at our carrot top You got competition buddy oh, baby. And coming on and joining us From another universe From another reality in the comicbook.com <laughs> Podcast universe Phase Zero host, you know him Mr. Brandon Davis is back with us The
4: timelines have exploded Anything is possible now Is <laughs> this even canon? I don't know Oh, uh, we don't
1: even know. But what is canon is BD is here because he is, I, I mean, I don't want to say hot off the road, but I don't even think, is that the man cave? Are you back home? I am home for
4: uh, till, till 5.30 a.m. tomorrow.
1: Okay, there you go. <laughs> BD is back out on the road because the world is back in motion. And so he is hard at work uh, seeing all these movies that you guys want to see, getting all these scoops that you guys want to know. And he's just come back from seeing a very special movie that we would going to love here. The Suicide Squad. And, uh, no! BD, I think you're still a little bit limited in what you can say, but we wanted to get your reaction since you have just seen The Suicide Squad on the big screen. What can you tell us about it? Can I curse on this show? <laughs> because I feel like that's the only proper way to
4: represent how I feel about this movie. I won't, Wait, but I have that.
3: to.
1: I think is, we can actually, but I
5: can't remember. <laughs> you know, we,
1: we got a hard Dark Knight PG 13
4: allowance from yeah, Jim okay. Viscardi, so you can go
1: You can go full Dark Knight.
4: That movie you is, get one. Yeah. I'm just going to put it this way The Suicide Squad makes Deadpool look PG 13. Like, what? it is. Nice. Insane! It is hyper violent. It is just—I mean, like it is R-rated in every way. There are there are there is nudity, male and female. There is yes. faces getting blown off, like yes. and then like <laughs> I like to yeah, know yeah, like, both Richard, Men
6: Morgan, and women Richard, we're going oh to need a timestamp. <laughs>
4: we're going to need a timestamp. That was amazing. clip. they make you fall in love with characters that you didn't expect to fall in love with. I I don't know that I can sit here and be like I loved the movie the more I've thought about it the more I've liked it it literally like left me speechless when it was over in like the mo- in a way I've never felt after watching a movie before wow. and I think I think I was partially overwhelmed by some of the elements of this film and I like but I loved most of the film I mean like it's it's truly James Gunn so unleashed that it feels like Warner Brothers is saying uh, like we will let a filmmaker do whatever they want. Watch this. And James Gunn was just like, you sure you you, you should let's okay. All right. Let's see. And they really just didn't reel him in at all. Like he takes it further than I expected him to. And I don't think I'm overhyping. Like I just genuinely like in quality, I think most people are going to love it. I really enjoyed uh, like almost the start to finish the whole film. There were just parts of it where I was like, wow, that was a lot. Uh, And there's characters who are not, you're not going to expect to fall in love with some of these characters, and you will. Like King Shark, you're going to love, but you knew that. But like Ratcatcher 2 and Polka Dot Man, you're going to love them. to and you Yeah, I was going Al- to say,
3: who's your, who's the best character in the film?
4: Man, Peacemaker's the funniest. <laughs> Ratcatcher <sighs> 2 up. and Polka Dot Man are fantastic. Bloodsport is like Idrisel was so good as Bloodsport. Wall, I mean, Viola Davis as Waller is just so conniving and it's just such a every Joel Kinnaman as Rick flag. Yo, he's great. Uh, uh, all the characters are good. There's not one character that you're like Margot as, as Har- Margot has possibly the best, but one of like her top three, if not the best scenes as Harley through three movies yet. Like there is nice. a great Harley Quinn scene. That's just gonna rock people's socks. Like it's the movie is insane. The only you mean you're way not to describe gonna tell it,
3: us the whole scene, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> for no, like the podcast,
4: there is a lot that you haven't seen in the trailers. Like it feels like you've seen a lot of the movie, and you have seen a lot of it. But there's also really a lot. And from the first scene of the movie, you're gonna sit down and say, "Holy shit, they're really doing this!" I'm t- from the first. Scene, you're going to be blown away. It's so unbelievable.
5: Does it, does it ever feel like it's overwhelmed because of the number of characters involved, or do they actually all kind of get their little moment?
4: It, it. I know. I don't. Th- I think. I don't think anybody really got the short end of the stick on it okay. being too crowded. It doesn't feel like. It feels like a lot. The, that's the only way it feels like Guardians. Other than that, other than having a group of he- unlikely heroes that don't really like each other, having to work together like, and balancing all of them really well. It doesn't really have anything to come with Guardians, but that's kind of just a premise for ensemble films in general of this type. So it, it, like, if you, if you appreciate the character balance in Guardians, you will appreciate the character balance in this. I think everybody gets their moment. Obviously there's kind of some that have more story than others, but uh, it, you're, everybody has their moment for sure. Nice.
1: Should we be excited for the Peacemaker series?
4: peace dude john cena's hilarious he's hilarious man um i think (laughs) i yeah i think yes you should be excited it's gonna be i just had a phone call where it's just like i I can't i don't know i'm it's gonna be wild it's gonna be peacemaker is gonna be insane especially if it is anything like and i'm hearing that it's gonna amplify
5: from what we saw in suicide squad so i know some of those cena scenes were getting some like not such love from the trailers. Like I, I saw some of those are like, oh, just not whatever. I thought they were hilarious. <laughs> so like, is that pretty much on the stuff we have seen from him in the trailers? Is that pretty much on par with all the other stuff in the movie? Or is there, or is there just like this other character angle to him that you don't really get a feel there's, for? There,
4: there's definitely a little bit more depth to him. And it's like this, it's like this impressive level of consistency that Cena plays the role with because that trailer humor gets expounded upon in the film and it makes more sense. Cause in the, I'm not going to lie. When I saw that trailer, I was kind of like, I don't know if this is my brand of humor. Like blockers wasn't a movie. I really enjoyed that much. And I felt like we're kind of bringing that out. Some people love blockers. You're not wrong. If you do, it wasn't a movie for me. Uh, but Cena really kind of does a, a little bit of what he did in blockers, but gets to take it further. And he does it so consistently and so well throughout the film that you just buy into it. And I thought, I thought he was really, uh, I thought he was really funny. And him and Andrew Elba together have a great rapport throughout the film. Nice.
3: What was the event like? Like how was it attending the premiere?
4: Uh, this was, it was, I, I was, it was a mostly empty theater. There's probably like 25 people in like a 40X theater. And I mean, I sat next to my friend Kirsten, who I haven't seen in a year and a half. And it was great to see like Sean O'Connell from Cinema Blend and Eric Eisenberg and all the people who I used to see, you know, a couple times a month. And we don't really get to do this stuff anymore. It was just really awesome to catch up with people. I mean, I'm vaccinated. I feel not too worried. Uh, obviously, still want to be careful. But I, w- I don't think I would be going out to these things if I wasn't vaccinated. So uh, it's it's a nice peace of mind to to have that shot in the arm and be able to go out and do this stuff. I mm-hmm. had a great time.
3: You heard it here. Get your vaccines, ladies and gentlemen. Go
4: get a a vaccine. Like, (laughs) come on. Like, if you're not vaccinated yet, that feels like a choice, and you should be.
1: On, uh, just on a closing topic, just on the kind of building off that point, do you think Suicide Squad is a theater movie, or do you think people will be satisfied with HBO Max viewing, since this is one of the, uh, maybe last ones we get in the double release. Hi, Max.
4: IMAX, biggest screen you can. Like, okay. it's going to be a good movie if you watch it at home. You're not going to be mad about seeing the film. You will enjoy it more with a loud sound system on a big screen. I'm seeing it again in IMAX. I saw it in 40X, or not 40X, um, Rpx, whatever the big not, whatever like the step below IMAX is. I guess that really offers. Yeah, I Rpx, yeah. Rpx, yeah. that's what it was. I saw it in Rpx. I'm going to go see it opening night out here in Nashville in in okay. IMAX for sure. Nice. Awesome.
1: All right, BD. Thank you. Now that's just the beginning because you've been running around doing a lot. And that was just the beginning of your journey. You also, while doing Suicide Squad, you got to, as just an additive to your itinerary, you went to the uh, premiere of Space Jam, A New Legacy. And you didn't know at the time, but we had another, we had another agent, comic book <laughs> agent lurking around those yes. Let's bring him on now. Agent X himself. Mr. Aaron Perrine is here.
6: What's going on? Wait, what? What? It's so interesting to see y'all here.
1: <laughs> if you guys don't know Aaron is a regular with BD as a host over on our uh, Phase Zero Marvel podcast. So this is our first official kind of comic book nation Phase Zero crossover alternate uh, timeline, timeline one. And a little Talking Dead if you want to get Classic over here since we have both Jen Oh and wow, yes. yeah yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, we're doing a little, death, We got a whole go. crossword puzzle This is
4: like a lost episode, so okay. anyway I'm about to get those Walking Dead episodes,
1: you coming over Or
3: what? Yes, let's go, oh my gosh Next I week, let's watch it Walking yeah. Dead, I'm <laughs> so down Behave it in the comments as oh. the Love multiverse is
1: open Yeah, comic book yeah. multiverse Absolutely. is here <laughs> Loki did Yeah, I mean, the only way we could do it after that Loki finale, but we'll get to that so Aaron and BD, you guys were both at the Space Jam premiere out in L.A. And and like a lost episode, had no idea and, and just kind of passed by each other without knowing. But then you guys like found out, like, what was that all about?
6: <laughs> BD, you want to go first or you, you want me to explain it?
1: Man, I, I want to hear
4: your
6: take first because <laughs> I was so shocked to find out you were there. Oh, my God. So I showed up when they told us to show up way earlier in the afternoon. I was outside for the pre-party, you know, hanging out, doing the contests. If you were following me on Twitter, you saw all the setup outside. They really blew it out for the kids for this movie. And then as I'm walking to the theater, my phone buzzes. and I see Jenna Anderson, also a Phase Zero podcast. Go ahead and stream that. Spotify, Apple Music, go ahead, go ahead. If you give Red us five stars, if you it's give all, us It's all the same stars, bag, it's it all the same it. bag, go, f- go for it. It's all the same yeah. bag. So, yes, uh, she's like, BD, did you know Aaron was there? I'm like, whoa, 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 Brandon's here? Where's Brandon? And I look over on BD's, like, Twitter, and he's in the big, like, a big screening with the stars. He's out there with Chris Bosch. He's hanging out. He sees it dead. I'm just like, how in the world did I not see Brandon Davis out here? Like, this is insane. We were less than 30 feet away from each other the entire time. You <laughs> didn't I'm see not him at kidding. all. So here's like, what happened. So this thing? is
4: the Yeah, this is how now this is the part of the movie where we go back two hours and we find out the other (laughs) side of this story. Mm -hmm. So I went to see a separate movie at IMAX, which was so cool. I've never been to IMAX HQ. And they did a screening at IMAX HQ, which was cool because I just like they had posters for movies everywhere. They really didn't have anything other than that, but I just liked seeing the posters. So I go to that movie and afterwards, like I was staying right downtown. And on my way to that, like when I left, I saw the Space Jam setup and I thought it was just like an activation, like for influencers to go like play basketball and make content all that stuff so i texted a warner brothers rep a picture and i said hey i'm staying on this block are you going to be here i haven't seen you in over a year would love to catch up my friend over there uh who works for the studio and so she texted me was like yeah i'll be there come by like I, I you know if you come after seven that'll be safe and i was like okay cool after i get out of the movie i saw at imax i get a text i was like hey do you, do you want to see space jam and i was like oh yeah like i haven't seen it why not i mean I, i'm in la you know i don't, I don't know." I'm, just in my hotel. Of course, I want to see Space Jam. So she's like, OK, cool. I'll put some tickets aside for you. I didn't know this was the Space Jam premiere. Like, I thought she just like had like seats at a screening like this was a press screening. I was like, OK, so I go down there and like find out it is a full like I when I saw Don Cheadle, that's when I knew like this is the Space Jam. Premiere. A classy event. It. Dude, yeah. I was like, I'm underdressed. I feel like a bum. I checked out uh, I checked out Twitter. I saw Jenna tagging me and Aaron's tweets. I saw Aaron Duncan on the basketball court they set up, and I was like, hold up. Me and Aaron have been working together every Wednesday, previously Fridays, uh, for the better half of the past 30 weeks. We've never met in person, and just now we walked into this movie together, and we didn't even see each other. The only reason I got tickets was because somebody canceled. The person from EW canceled. They had great seats, and they were like, well, let's not waste these. So I got
1: their seats. Thank you, EW. That's awesome. <laughs> and That, ladies and gentlemen, is what a comic book humble brag looks like. And, like this is our ultimate clout. We just got guys everywhere because, and yeah, I mean, it's yeah, making me miss the office. This is this is like, mm-hmm. there's a little small sample of what the office is like. So, oh yeah, there's yeah. a lot of people on here. I haven't talked to this many comic book employees at the same time, yeah, in a long time. So, I mean, I guess while we're here, we should all at least talk. What did you guys think of Space Jam? Um, I'm almost done. I started this morning. Morning, but I've had a busy morning, so I'm same. almost done. Oh, you uh, pulled me?
5: <laughs> you like watched like you made it through 75%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I pulled I'm it halfway. Total. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I just it, finished it like 20 minutes ago.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm enjoying it. I mean, it is it is enjoyable, but it, it is at the same time the ultimate Warner Brothers product like of synergy, of sports, movies like anime all these different brands reference like a damn lego movie or something but um or ready player one like yeah but uh it works i mean if you could get over the whole product of it all it, it is kind of fun and funny and lebron james is surprisingly good on a kind of geeky level with like references and easter eggs and kind of having fun with the whole thing and um yeah uh I had a lot of issues seeing Lola Bunny again. That triggered a lot of things I thought I had, <laughs> me, me and my therapist to close the book on, but uh, yeah. Jeez, man, but we're, here around. we are.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, man. there's. I'm not alone. I've been in support groups and everything. I'm not alone in this. <laughs> so, that was a whole hey, thing. Uh, I was don't post my cosplay. Yeah. yeah, but uh, I enjoyed it. What you guys think? BD, Aaron, you guys were at the premiere, so it's easy to get premiere-itis, but uh, tell us what you thought. Uh,
4: I thought it was a fun movie man i don't know what people are expecting from space jam like lebron makes fun of himself for two hours bro like what else do you want it's funny like the movie makes fun of lebron the whole time and he's a good sport about it it's got cool little warner brothers references that like it's a silly kids movie it's a little too long the basketball game at the end i'm just like all right like really we're, we're not done yet but overall i'm like it's a fun movie it's like it's not jordan peele or christopher nolan or or Steven Spielberg, it's a fine movie, dude. It's a kids' movie, and I thought it was fun. The only, the biggest criticism I have, though, is if you watch this movie, you'll see part of the story calls for all of these Warner Brothers characters to be courtside at the game, and so it's like, oh, cool, the Night King is there, Pennywise is there, like all these Harry Potter characters are there, the Penguin is there, and more that you'll spot. Maybe like, sorry if those are spoilers, but just like, he, he like minute like, references, you're you're good. So but they just have these like cosplay versions of the characters. Like it, it's not actually, it's obviously not Daniel Radcliffe and the real Night King and, and uh, Danny DeVito as Penguin. It's like, they just kind of put people in these like cheap, cheesy oh, costumes. No. Like Joaquin Phoenix's Joker looks like he was pulled out of WonderCon and thrown onto the set. And it's just like, okay. yeah, Mr.
5: Uh, Mr. Freeze definitely has <laughs> that vibe. Definitely has that like. Oh, hey, it's an impersonator of our bro. Bro, it only goes
1: so far, bro. You got to go out on Hollywood Boulevard and be like, "Who's out here today?" Y'all wanna be in Space Jam? (laughs) Yeah, you can dunk. You can dunk with LeBron. Come on in. (laughs) Yeah, that's why
5: the cartoon cameos work so much better. Is that they're just cartoons? You know, it's like that's why when the Jetsons pop up or like any Mm -hmm. of the Hanna Barbera character, like all those characters, it works so well because it's them as opposed to like the clockwork orange guy. <laughs> yeah, <whatever. laughs> yeah, there's some
1: great references for the old animated characters when they yeah. do them, like slot them in movies like um, awesome. Granny and the Matrix and uh, Wile E. Yeah. Coyote as Mad Max, which was my personal favorite. So it's I was like, laughing
6: Gonzalez,
5: is, is it the Matrix? Can we just, should we just yeah. <laughs> That's better. amazing.
6: Yeah. yeah. Aaron, yeah. what'd you think, man? Um, I, I think it's just a fun family movie. I think that the vitriol online is part everybody's just mad about a lot of things. And part of it is this is the <laughs> only way to get ad revenue is to get these clicks. That is almost all of it. If you look on Rotten Tomatoes, the original Space Jam is only like a 30. OK, like it's, it's not this paragon of like everything. And I love basketball. I love basketball. Look at my hat. Like that's why I used to work. I love sports. OK. And the kids in the theater were having a great time. All the kids, the adults like loved it. There is a certain cameo about midway through the film. B.D., you know what I'm talking about. I think you guys know what I'm talking about since you've seen half of it, too, where I didn't know if it was going to work because it was rumored that it was going to happen that somehow MJ shows up and then it happens and the crowd really enjoyed it. The kids got a big laugh out of it. And I'm like, this is a more real representation of who's going to be seeing this movie than these reviewers are. Like mm-hmm. while I was walking out, the kicker to my review is I'm walking out of the screening and there's a little seven-year-old dude with a baseball hat walking with his dad. And he like Aww. turns to his dad and earnestly goes, that was a really good movie, and Aww. I'm like, you know, little man, you're that right. You're- that's what it's, it's so. It was so nice, and I'm Internet. like, that little kid, huh?
1: Bringing the humanity back to the scene. That's, that's
5: good, man. That's, that's
6: what it is. That. That's what it's about. He sounds so earnest too, like it was the best thing he's ever seen. And I'm like, you little <laughs> dude. You know what? Who am I? Come on, you know. Oh. So it's a good. It's a good little movie. You'll enjoy it, especially you got a house full of kids. You can't really go wrong. That two hours of like somewhat. Non activity is like there you go. Yeah.
1: Hey, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yo. I'm not. I showed my son Space Jam the other day. He was fascinated. I think he'll be <laughs> blown away by this. And as long as he sits still for those two hours, like you said, I'm I'm good. Movie fulfilled. Um, uh, yeah, I agree with you. And like yeah. It, it, there's no point in being like a crazy adult critic about this and, and going in like, this is not for you, man. Just uh, keep your intellectual thoughts for black widow. And it's. Deep <laughs> and That's why I like
5: the, um, the fact that like, they actually, the, the game itself is a little long, but I just love the second half because it really just like, it just puts no. the spotlight on Looney Tunes as a, As a group of characters and it's like man they're just stupid fun like it's so fun and it's so just like it's in on the joke and I just like that that part they played earnestly and I I dug it like some parts I was kind of like you know I was like oh that's we're we're bordering on cheesy or whatever but it's fine you know But like that one I was like I bought in like when Bugs Bunny is at the board. And I was like, I bought in. I was like, oh hell yeah! All the Wiley e. Coyote <laughs> stuff, well, like that was awesome. Like, there's so <laughs> many fun moments, and it's just like goes to show, like Looney Tunes rock.
3: But like no, the soundtrack, it. the soundtrack for oh, Space Jam was like the best back in the day. So I'm about halfway through and I'm waiting for like a banging song, like something to get me on that. Everybody get up. I, sound, yes, I don't so want to sing to too long.
1: The 90s will never return, but we can. I mean, there'll there'll be something for the kids. Like <laughs> for, Jack
5: the Rough Riders beat in there? Do you notice that? It was like, I was like, is drag on coming out right now? It was like, that was a, wow. that was a total riff. That was a total Rough Riders beat that was in there. Like someone re- redid it. Well, it like, I don't we're, know that. we're
1: going off, but all right. <laughs> all right. Get the kids, watch some space jam. You'll be okay. If if you're an adult, uh, maybe not, maybe not your cup of tea, but we got more movies we'll be reviewing later that we can talk about. Maybe you'll like a little bit better, but um, all right. Thanks PD for the reaction from the suicide squad. Sounds like a definite we're going to be all talking about that when it hits. And uh, thank you guys for that story about I love this cloud. We just flex some cloud on this uh, <laughs> podcast. So thanks for making us look good in the cloud department. All right. I think Rich is going to be saying we need to take a break. But when we come back, we are going to talk Marvel's Loki and the finale and uh, what the future of the MTU or the M. MM, like, what is it? We call it MCM now. Like, what are we calling this thing? So we're going to talk about all of that. Got another movie review. Got to talk wrestling. Got to talk comics. So stay tuned for all of that good stuff. Ah, we lost some people. The multiverse is How realigned nice. once again. Um, <laughs> no, uh, Brandon and Aaron had to go. They, they're they're both busy. Like I said, BD's still on the road. Aaron's got a ton of stuff in motion. So they had to go. We want to thank them for joining us and make sure you can always catch both of them on Phase Zero, our Marvel-themed podcast, which is now, right now every Wednesday, also at 12 noon, streaming here on Twitch, uh, on YouTube, on Facebook, or on podcast platforms for the audio Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, the whole nine. So be sure to check out our Phase Zero podcast as we uh, keep this podcast universe growing. Also, if you're a Pokemon fan, we also got a Wild Pokemon Pokemon Has Appeared podcast with Jim Viscardi on Mondays. So that's a total comic book uh, podcast plug. He's lurking in the comments now. Yeah, I know. He's down there. I see him. But uh, (laughs) yeah, that's a total podcast plug. All right. Thank you for coming back with us. Now it is on to talking about Marvel's Loki in the finale. And I know a lot of you are here today to just listen to me take this victory lap. I almost went in and had I I looked at the actual section where I predicted what was going to happen at the end of Loki. And I almost had Rich pull it out. So I could just broadcast again, but I decided I'm not ready to take my life in that petty direction, especially not post pandemic. I'm not going to be that petty anymore. So I didn't do it, but, uh, we can all just recognize that I called it. So what happened in this Loki finale? We're going to talk Loki spoilers. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been enough days now. It's all out it's there. Been, um, like, yeah. I hate
3: waiting to be able to talk about. Like, how long do you wait before I, you can actually it, openly it, talk?
1: Some about people it. save it for the weekend, and I get that. Okay. you want to have your piece of con, your golden piece of content, and so we're just gonna put up the spoiler warning. But uh, we're all <laughs> to talking about what's next here. So, just to recap, we're gonna, like I said, you can listen to Phase Zero. They did an excellent episode right after the Loki uh, finale aired. You can do the immediate catch up there. But um, we found out that in the Citadel at the end of time is he who remains, which is Jonathan Majors. Matt, they would do that on a Disney Plus show. <laughs> Debut you Major new character, <laughs> so and star boring. Janelle sips her tea. I love it. Um, yeah. So me and Cunning oh, Linguist down there, we both called it that the premise of this whole Loki show was Immortus was the one controlling the TVA in order to kind of keep this quote unquote sacred timeline as a way from keeping Kang. From storming all of kind of the multiverse in reality, and this was his kind of way of boxing out Kang. Uh, Of course, Loki and Sylvie messed that up uh, by killing off He Who Remains, who is Immortus, basically, and now opening up the Marvel multiverse. And of course, with that infinite possibilities come the comes Kang, or more accurately, the Kang Collective. Uh, or a Council of Kangs, or Council of cross time Kangs, however they're going to, or the composite of that in the MCU, basically. So there's going to be a lot of Kangs we're dealing with, but presumably also the Prime Kang, so we can just all identify here, we don't get into some Rick and Morty madness, uh, there will be a Prime Kang who is kind of the Kang leader. Exciting stuff, um, I think Marvel really, as people have been freaking out about this, I was just like, yeah, I peeped the game, Marvel, you did really good on this, because what they essentially did is Make this huge kind of blowing headline generating thing that would keep most fanboys happy. By essentially just getting Jonathan Majors half an immortous cosplay costume and letting him kind of monologue in front of a green screen with Tom Hiddleston and Sophia Dean <laughs> Martino uh, for like 45 minutes. And that's basically all we got. Uh, um, I call it the JJ method because it's like it's a, it's the kind of same trick Lost pulled a lot of the time. But it works. Right. Like we were all excited. I was up out of my seat at like 3 a.m. like, yes, like 40 times. Every time one of those little CGI sandy things made into a different uh, shape, I was like that meme of Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, there it is. Like, yeah. like
5: Oh, that know. is a good comparison, Jim. That's a Willy, Cosmic Willy Wonka. That's, that's yeah, actually right, a, good, that's a good comparison. Yeah, yeah,
1: Cosmic Willy Wonka, yeah. Uh, Johnny Depp's or Gene Wilder's, Jim?
2: Uh, what would what, what, what you call that? Which Willy Wonka are we talking? There's only one Willy Wonka. We're, let, let's that's not get twisted It's Gene Wilder.
1: Hey, Johnny Depp had a couple good lines. I use I use you're a yeah. bro. I use you're a mumbler. Down. I use you're a mumbler all the time and and or you're really weird in in real life all the time. Hmm. I'm not hating, but I love hey, don't get me wrong. I'm a Gene Wilder fan, you know. Don't don't let's not go there. Let's stay on topic, all right? Jonathan Majors. <laughs> so, uh yeah, we're getting Kang. We're getting this multiverse and what I love about this is and they've already started doing this is just letting Jonathan Majors just like show up places, right? Uh, And it's a gimmick that could be really heady and confusing with this alternate Kang stuff. But visually it's really simple for the audience. You see this dude, you're like, Oh, there's something up here. Like, you know, and you don't know which kind of variant he's going to be because gang Kang has had a lot of variants. And then we've talked about this on the show over and over from the comic book, established ones like Rama tut to just being the mayor of some weird Midwestern town somewhere, like in the 20th century, like he shows up. So there are a lot of fun ways to insert Not just Jonathan Majors, but any kind of other actor who could play a different version of Jonathan Majors into places and surprise fans like you could do a whole Iron Lad thing before most viewers would know that's connected to Kang in any kind of way. Right, because you would have to cast a younger actor than Jonathan Majors. Um, I was, surprised, I was surprised they didn't go with an older actor and and for Immortus and do that whole thing. Uh, but you know, like I said, this was balling on a budget and they and they did it
5: smartly by I'm just so like, glad they didn't do that.
1: Yeah, and they didn't even get into that. They just made it
5: simple. They're like, This is the
1: dude, okay? Yeah. He'll say he's old in this version, and that's all you need to know. Uh, yeah, we didn't even get into different names and all that stuff, but um, it's okay
5: to be vague sometimes.
1: Yeah. So we were right about a lot of things from this. We were right about our whole theory about Spider-Man No Way Home and the marketing for that. You know, what if is now going to be obviously more connected to this. I want to get your guys' theories because I'm beginning to wonder also, like, how much Thor Love and Thunder will be affected by this and if this whole Jane Foster thing isn't part of this whole kind of multiverse. And will we see more Thors potentially? Like, we could get... I didn't even think
3: of that.
5: Yeah. That's awesome. Well, because obviously we're getting into, I mean this is very much getting into secret wars territory. Um, And I mean, that, that whole event, right. We had like the, the Thor core and we had the Carol core and we had all kinds of, like we had that ultra powerful Dr. Doom, right. There's so much there that they can mine. And we're, we're going to see some of that, obviously. in like, what if, and, and Dr. Strange probably, but like, that, there's a lot of fun stuff there that you can that you can run with and like the MCU does, right? Pick little – cherry pick little things and run with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I am curious as to how the – because I don't know if that – I mean, I would say if we see the multiple Thors thing, that would be really cool. But I I hope – there's a certain point where – like we talk about this with the DC Universe all the time because of like, the multiverse craziness. There is a certain point where things can overwhelm your central – Story and like the really? Jane Foster okay. story in Thor is like one of my favorite Thor. It's already runs. awesome. Yeah. So, like, I don't need a ton of that. Like, I want that to be on the back burner. I want that to be background. I want Jane Foster as Thor and that storyline or whatever they child, take from it child, to be that.
1: You in danger. I got something I want, to, to tell I want you. it to be that. Listen to me, and I want everybody to listen to me closely.
5: Oh, here we go. Now we're getting into this,
1: Matt. No, I'm not. I'm just telling you. (laughs) No, this is not a brag. This is just me trying to like level everybody out. Like, I don't want to like bum everybody out. But if you are expecting the next Spider-Man movie, the next Doctor Strange movie, the next Thor movie to be about these tight, you know, the titular characters that we're talking about here. These are gonna be event films, right? Like Whoa. it's settling. Well, everything is
5: yeah. done in that except for Thor. <laughs> like Spider Man No Way Home, that's been the running joke. Is that yeah, like, But I dudes, it's not about Spider-Man, it's about everything else that's happening around him, and the poor guy gets like five minutes of screen time. Same yeah. way with Doctor Strange. The title says <laughs> multiverse, multiverse and of men. In it. Yeah. Thor is different. What about and, Ant-Man? Like you're putting like Jane Foster Thor is strong enough more than strong enough, and should not, especially, like, with the way things are now, and, like, you're gonna finally spotlight your, like, female Thor character who, like, deserves it, you know what I mean, in every single way, and, like, this character is such a huge deal, and then you're going to throw in all that multiverse muckiness? Like, no, don't do not do that. Like, that's... that's but This is Tiger YTT's story, I right? I understand, but I still, I mean, I understand everyone looks at Ragnarok as, like, this perfect piece, but...
1: You oh know. no, 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 no. It's okay. Become, I just like yeah, I Ragnarok become most one of the most like divisive somehow Marvel right. movies well, in the well, last so like year. I, I, I don't I know. Get
5: that it's gonna be good. I'm not saying that, and I'm not saying that some of that stuff can't add to it, but like let's not like I don't want that movie to become what these other movies are becoming. I, I don't hmm. want that. That needs to be something a little separate because that character deserves it.
1: I think of anybody in this list is going to have fun with this multiverse craziness. It's going to be Taika Waititi. So Just don't let it overwhelm us. Um, I, I don't know about that. And as Janelle brought up, uh, quantum mania. I mean that that title in what we know about the quantum realm being this pathway between realities and timelines, like uh it's pretty easy to plug that one into i'm you know so I mean? much more so.
3: excited about it after this loki finale about the ant-man yeah
1: who was the ship that escaped in the beginning in the opening of this yes. uh, loki episode yes. who's on that
2: ship anybody know, no scrolls i don't know Who what are you saying connor a very a very specific group of four people perhaps yeah let's
3: go i can see that
2: It'd be—I mean—at this That's point, a- you don't know where
1: Kevin Feige is dropping these reveals. They could be anywhere. So, yeah. like, yeah, I don't—I want to know who's on that ship. Is the—is the, it the aerospace engineer? Has he been on? Off- <laughs> oh god! <laughs> don't bring
3: don't up again. Don't do it, sure. Can I can I jump
2: <laughs> off of what Matt was saying
0: real quick? Yeah, go yeah. for it. Absolutely. I
2: think I think the real qu- the ten billion dollar question with the MCU going forward is I think the juggling act between this and this multiverse idea. And uh, also being able to tell compelling standalone stories and whatever the hell they are building up with Julie Louis-Dreyfus and her Thunderbolts, the supposed young Avengers getting built up in the background of all these Disney Plus shows, the ones that we know are coming up. How do they keep all of this compelling and keep it building up while also dealing with, hey, there's a multiverse now. The timelines are wrecked. We're seeing different variants of people popping up at different places i doubt this has anything to do with hawkeye or maybe even the next cat movie shang chi like it's i'm worried because we talk about how if you're if you're a fan trying to jump into this now you might be confused unless you start way back at the beginning think of how much harder that's going to be when we've got all these different plot threads going and on top of that oh by the way there's our version of Crisis of Infinite Earths going on in the background sometimes. It's going to be very interesting. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right that, um, you know,
1: BD, if he was still here, he has been dropping good theories and you never know what he knows behind the scenes. But uh, that shot like, you know, some of these will avoid it. We all think Eternals is going to
2: avoid it by either. Eternals is its own bag of cats, right? Yeah, there. that thing's insane because they that's
1: can just say, "Oh, we're we're <laughs> somehow not involved in all this, cats. even though it's the multiverse." And they're like, eh, that's not our problem stuff." So still, somehow, because who knows what gets them off the couch? We that's what this whole movie's about to answer for us. Um, and Song chi is kind of suspected to be centered around uh, the snap or the blip, and kind of that'll set him up going forward after we know all about him after the blip and everything's reestablished like where he is and, you know, kind of doing that will be where we possibly end off. So it does come down to these films, Spider-Man, Dr. Strange, and whatever is going to be happening in Thor, which is kind of the biggest mystery because you never know how Taika is going to do it. Like all these storylines could be completely remixed into something crazy like he did with Ragnarok. So yeah, it's going to be an interesting balancing act for sure. It's also going to be interesting because we also weirdly have, as we Loki, this first wave of Marvel Disney plus series kind of goes with Loki and what if blowing open this multiverse. Then we got this very grounded second wave coming up with like Miss Marvel and She-Hulk being like a fourth wall breaking courtroom. Moon Knight, baby. Moon Knight mm-hmm. and whatever the hell could happen in Moon Knight and possibly getting into the supernatural and vampires. And like, yeah. So it's kind of, it, 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 like Connor said, it's going to be a crazy balancing act, but it, right now, I mean, we were all, like, after Endgame, like, yo, I don't know how Kevin Feige gonna do this, man, this time travel stuff they set out is crazy, and Feige's just like, you ever heard of a double down? Like, how about a triple down, fool? Like, here, here's Loki, and now here's an entire thing. We're going even crazier with this, so... Cool. I'm interested to see. I am I mean, I'm in for the ride, so I'm interested to see where it goes.
3: Where do you think Loki season two will go and where is it going to land in these like releases of movies and shows?
1: I'm excited, but I'm also a little nervous because I feel like we're getting into the territory of what was that Fox series? Oh, man. With Joshua Jackson and what's her name from Manhunter Fringe? Oh, fringe, Fringe, yeah, oh, we're getting love into Fringe, show. yeah, I loved it too. But we're getting into Fringe territory where Fringe kind of burned itself out on that alternate reality take, where every season they basically just redress the cast and said, "Well, now we're in a different reality of of the Fringe verse, and this is different, and here's everything that's different." So I feel like Loki's going to do that. We're just going to redress the original cast and have them act out new kind of story arcs. But um, i just, I love what I saw in season
2: one, so I'm excited for that. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but haven't they already finished filming season two? That's the rumor, yes. Did that drop before multiverse of madness or after? Uh
1: it's rumored that either if they haven't done it, they're getting ready to do it. And if they have done it, then it'll probably be here in 2022 at some point. So it's either gonna be twenty like twenty twenty two or early twenty twenty three. Yeah. So or, I'm already or, ready for it. <laughs> it might it might come together with when's quantum mania. Is that twenty twenty
2: three? I think so. I yeah,
1: it
3: was twenty twenty two. Okay.
2: Janelle, can you Google? here our, our are. I, I also can't hear Quantum Mania without breaking into a Hulk Hogan impression. It's Quantum Mania, brother.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, as right as rightly as you should, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it, be, but yeah, so it's February
3: seventeenth, twenty twenty-three. Yeah.
1: So Loki could be early. I could see Loki either being right season two being right before that movie or after it, depending on what the the storyline is.
3: Yeah. Because um, we need more Kang. Yeah, more Kang. Kang. Kang gang. It's Kang, Kang. All right. Kang so, gang. <laughs> All right. Dang. So that's
1: our Marvel theories. We love to hear <laughs> yours. Hit us up on the at Comic Book Nation Twitter feed. And uh, yeah, drop some or just under a post about today's episode and let us know what you guys think. Because we always love your feedback so we can discuss some of this stuff. So hit us up. Or if you're in the comments right now, also. Hit us up Alright, real quick, I'm just going to touch on uh, The new movie, if you guys are adults And looking for a movie this weekend That sounded Dirtier than I meant it to, but um, Oh
3: god, this movie yeah. looks so scary
1: Escape Room 2, my wife refused To go with me to see it uh-uh. uh, She I'm with won't her. go to an escape room She's, That claustrophobic thing Like really gets to her So she was like, nah bro You're good, go see that uh, She said exactly like that too, but um I went out and saw this because I liked... I actually was pleasantly surprised by the first escape room. I thought, like, this is going to be some B-movie trash, which it was, but it was very enjoyable because of just the horror movie premise of having to escape these deadly versions of escape rooms. I think it's the most interested I've ever been in escape rooms. So, yeah. Um, Tournament of Champions is the second one and the premise is that survivors of previous escape rooms get thrown into this kind of even more screwed up escape room concept uh this one's not as tight as the first one it, it kind of gets a little bit of sophomoreitis in the sense that it, it tries to get bigger with the mythology and it looks like it, it did for for most of it it's actually really good because it's kind of an easy film to put together it's sequence to sequence it's literally room to room that you're going with this group of people and one or two get knocked off at a time but i, I don't know if it was covid for this movie or what but the ending it's another one of those endings that feels like really weirdly truncated and, and kind of just like, okay, we just got to get this thing in the bag right now and, and kind of get it done. And there's this very just end sequence that's just very throws you for a loop and it's just like, wait, what is happening here? And then it kind of just ends. With clear, just like, oh, I guess we'll pick this up later and try to like wrap this up later um, kind of feel to it. So that was disappointing at the end, but for most of it, it was really, really kind of good. The sequences in the rooms are bigger, kind of badder, and more screwed up. And they actually hold your attention by having people, it's not just like a simple kill, like a knockoff, like it is like a whole sequence. And you can fill seven or eight minutes of these people. It was like a real escape room the the, um, traps have multiple parts to them. So you solve one part, but you need to solve another part, but then you got to solve another part and then you need that all while before you get out of them. And there's like one sequence in a bank vault that is really excellent in that respect. So the the premise is still good. You can keep cranking out these films forever, but uh, hopefully they have more time and space to kind of really pull it together at the end of the next one. So that's escape. When do
2: we get the Saw crossover is the real question.
1: Oof. I mean, I mean, the money's on the table for that. Yeah. Escape rooms designed... That would be a crazy, like in-universe reveal. Is like you go through another escape room movie, and at the end, you just see a screen, and it was like, "How did you like the game?" And you're like, <laughs> "What?"
5: Okay, that would um, actually be really cool. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think just Connor just improved this franchise. So, Escape Room Two is now in theaters. If you want to check out that, um, I would recommend like a matinee viewing. Matt, take it away. We got some big comics to talk about this week.
5: Yeah, so let's let's uh, stay on the Marvel front and uh, go with Sinister. Sp- Sinister War. Sorry, I was gonna say Spider Man. Sinister Spider Man. Spider Man. Sinister War, number one. Which, uh, if you've been reading the the current run, I know we've only dipped into it a few times. We talked. It's only about, worth dipping into. <laughs> we talked about the. Uh, uh, so this one is of course uh, Nick Spencer and Mark Bagley. Uh, it it very much feels like, and again, this is part. Partially because of the artwork, uh, this very much feels like a '90s Spider-Man story. This entire run has actually had that kind of soap opera. Yeah, and Mark Bagley, it
1: feels, it really does.
5: You it, right, it just run. like feels like uh, I was, I was taken through a time where Not that's not in a bad way necessarily. I'm just saying, like that's the Spider-Man that like I most remember. So Same. that is actually for me it was that was kind of cool and they very much lean into all the like mj stuff we get some of the mephisto stuff uh, obviously i should say spoilers <laughs> coming for this uh, but with comics now we're on friday so it's not i don't feel as bad for spoiling things since it was previously on wednesdays um so we lean more into that the biggest thing here of course is the battle between the sinister 6 which is the kind of classic group and the savage 6 and how mj's new kind of found friend uh being kind of in the middle of that and so there's all that going on plus all the kindred stuff which i don't know if uh anyone read the chameleon conspiracy which has kind of been taking over the last arc or two uh of the spider-man books but like the kindred stuff ties directly to that there's a lot going on here um but overall like the, the biggest thing of the issue is if you like superhero Action sequences There's a lot to like here I mean, it, it, The second half of the book is really just a giant Boss fight um, <laughs> Between the two groups actually and Spider-Man just kind of caught in the middle um, You know I, This very much, much felt like a throwback I don't know and I will be curious Because I know Janelle is kind of Jumping into this and I'm not sure if you Like how much of the other stuff you've read So this is as a jumping on point If you're just kind of oh hey there's a new Spider-Man event let me dive into that I would be curious to see what you thought. For me, it was like, I liked it. I didn't, I was fine with it. Like, I didn't love it as much as I thought, but like, there's some nostalgia mixed in there. But what did you think?
3: Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. Like it, it, it was, it, neutral is cool. I mean, I love, I I know a lot of the Spider-Man villains because it's one of the most common, you know, commonly portrayed heroes like Spider-Man. If you've watched any of the old movies, like you can recognize Doc Ock and like, you kind of know, I mean, even just from the ride at islands of adventure, I recognized like a few, I'm like, Oh yeah. He like totally slammed his electrodes into the buggy when I was riding Spider-Man back when I was a kid, the ride. So it was, it was interesting to see. I loved, um, the whole actress and like red carpet and the glamor and the glitz and like, Oh yeah, we did spoil, right?
6: Oh, <laughs> yeah, you were
3: good. I loved seeing the cool perspective of Mephisto. Like, wait, did I say Mephisto? Wow, <laughs> I just, <laughs> to Mephisto confirmed. I don't know why I just threw that in there, but I loved seeing like all of these villains banding together, just kind of. Creating drama. It was kind of weird that like their motivation was odd. Like you portrayed me in a movie. Yeah, it was kind of. <laughs> it was kind of like really like this is yeah. this is why you're attacking. It was just kind of, it was, it felt very dramatic. Like right. It felt very dramatic, but I really enjoyed seeing the artwork, and I loved seeing you know like I said, like the gown and the red carpet, like she looked really sexy and (laughs) it was just cool. I, I, I I kind of almost didn't read this one because you said it was optional, but I am glad I did. Like, I'm glad I actually read it, and I read it this morning, drinking my coffee, and it was like a cool little, you know, it was
5: a cool book to read. It's a good read for that, yeah, I it was. Yeah,
3: like and it wasn't like a must read, but it was. I enjoyed it. And it you, terrible. and you
5: hammered it on the head there, that that dramatic thing, because those those older Spider-Man stories, I love them, but they were very melodramatic. And you know, Kofi, would you think kind of because you're kind of from that same spot as I am.
1: I thought that I I was going to say I'm kind of on the board with you and Janelle. Uh, It was, I think you are correct. This was very much like the most nineties Spider-Man thing that I've, I've ever read recently. Uh, And that's good and bad. So the nostalgia factor was there for me, but it also had all the drawbacks of nineties Spider-Man of which if you go back and read nineties comics in general, there are many, but um, yeah, this one was kind of like over the top comic book ish in a way and not in a kind of kitschy self-referential way in like an earnest way, but like it just threw everything at the wall, like at page to page, it was just like a spattering of events, right? Like, Oh, here's the Savage, you know, MJ's got a big premiere and there's, you know, the MJ Peter drama with that, you know, MJ's keeping a secret. There's that drama on the Peter Parker side. Whoops. The Savage six like show up, whoops, the sinister six show up on top of that. And then like, all of this it would be good if it was anchored by like a compelling story or villain, but I don't feel like that's coming through this story yeah. yet. At least not yet. Uh, I'm sorry to say that like for all the mystery of the buildup and how exciting it was, Kindred is not like is really just not doing it from a design point. To the powers point, like everything's so weird and vague and just kind of like, what is this guy up to? Like, what's he doing now? He's like splitting off from bodies. So now there's like uh, he is Harry Osborn, but there's a dead Harry Osborn and there's a live Harry Osborn. He's basically stealing maggots, whole shtick from X-Men, like with the. And not as cool, not nearly as cool. (laughs) So we don't have a compelling villain at the center of this. We, I don't see any kind of compelling design or, or we always say, like, even no matter how comic booky crazy it gets, there needs to be like a basic mm-hmm. premise. Like Hickman is good at that. No matter how crazy Secret Wars gets, it's this basic premise. The world got messed up. This is all that's left cobbled together. And there's a fight to kind of keep it or to put it back in order. That's it. And then all the other craziness that happens under that umbrella, you, you, you can still guide your way by this simple idea. It's a right. battle we gotta win to put the universe back together. This, I don't know where we are, like what's going on. It's just a it's just heavy Spider-Man references being kind of like dug up constantly. And like you said, if you haven't been steeped in Spider-Man the last few years, like a lot of this goes over your head. Like I haven't yeah. read enough to be like, I saw Savage Chicks, and I was just like, okay, I get it, I guess, but I don't really care about this. So Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, I think Spider-Man books, and I'm just going to put this out there, have been kind of weak in general for a while now. And there's hints that this is trying to kind of course correct a lot of that, like from the moment they did the, you know, the Mephisto, MJ's Peter marriage thing, that they're trying to kind of correct all of that, because that's also framed in here. Uh, one more day, uh, one more day. Yeah. So it looks like they're trying to reset Spider Man and, and simplify that, but it's going to be an ugly process. Uh,
5: and it's, it, yeah, you're because you're right. Because like Spencer's run is ending at somewhere we're getting towards the end of that run, and then we're going to launch into the thrice monthly. Spider-Man series that has like all the multiple creators uh, including Saladin from Miles uh, Thompson like there's going to be some some really cool people I believe is it Zeb is it Zeb? well I, I forget who the third <laughs> creator is uh, on, on the new books but uh, I'm excited for that so yeah we are kind of getting closer and closer to this the Kindred stuff hasn't paid off like it like I was hoping it would we'll see if they stick the landing so we'll, while we're on the topic Previously of multiverses, let's go right into uh, uh, Infinite Frontier number two. I remember that, I believe, I know Janelle did, and I can't remember, Kofi, if you did, but I I think we actually came out pretty positive on that last, on that first issue of Infinite Frontier, which essentially takes little, it's kind of telling a a larger story, but it's really a bunch of smaller stories all kind of dealing with uh, everything that happened uh, after, the last big crisis where all these multiverses are restored memories. People are kind of remembering all these things. And we're, we're dealing with all these little pockets. Um, This follows the same trajectory. Uh, I look, I there's, this might be, there's so many little moments in here that I really dug, like the Alan Scott Vandal Savage moment. I thought was great. Uh, The Roy Harper, black lantern stuff and the dark side ties. I I'm eating that up. Like there's actually a lot of really interesting things going on through here i thought this one was not as strong as the last one just because there's this kind of running thing the director bones stuff is supposed to kind of anchor everything because like you're seeing the investigation of all these things and that's how everything is tied together and that component is boring for me like that's just not clicking so like that part and there's a lot of that in this issue because like we see captain adam and yeah there's even a reveal there that ties in but like Everything else is just like that part is so boring and that there's a lot in this issue of that. So I'm like, yeah, but I still really like it. I like the premise. I like the, the teases that we got here. Uh, what did you guys think?
1: Um, I, I can sum up real quick. I'm actually kind of the opposite of you. I thought the, there was a too much scattershot in the concept of the first at, uh, issue. I'm not done this when I still have a little bit to go and I'm not saying that in a bad way. Cause I actually like it. This is kind of a dense book. Uh, because marrying these two concepts together that are very tricky to hold together, which is kind of an investigative, almost like FBI procedural with the entire DC multiverse craziness concept. And keeping those together is really hard. But I think this issue actually settles more into the rhythm of how that works and how to do it. And I find it much more interesting like, that agent, like, bugging Batman and Superman about them and asking them questions. That, was, like, good. that was good. Dude, like, that's we've good. had a Batman, and evil Batman show up <laughs> and take control of, the, of Gotham. But then we had a different evil Batman come up and take control of the whole multiverse. And, like, what happens when this e- another evil Superman shows up and they're just both like, huh? And, like, that's the kind of thing, like, that there is this task force trying to get its hands around you know, trying to X-Files the entire DC multiverse and their kind of workplace struggles and is kind of funny and and actually a good concept. And I hope they just continue to refine it because it, it actually does help bring some grounded ways to look at this whole DC multiverse thing. And the cast of characters is funny. Um, I just think there is an imbalance in the characters that, you know, using these big characters like Batman, Superman versus the actual characters in, in the book who are the main
5: characters. Right. That was that's a good point though because that sequence was great. I actually liked that sequence a lot just because the questions she's asking are very like grounded questions, pragmatic questions that anyone would be curious of. That's good. Well, more importantly, yeah. like a government agency trying right. to
1: defend against this and handle all this. And I like that they deal with like the whole thing that like everybody knows about this now, like this multiverse yeah. and what it does to normal people to to know like to have their world shut Cause it is very, it's a smart, timely echo of like what we're living through now where people's kind of sense of safety and normalcy and, and how the world works has been like horribly shattered uh, by a once, you know, a hundred year pandemic and things like that. And now we're kind of trying to deal with the loss of the sense of safety and like, you know, all of that. Um, and this does that subtle, good job of that. So I'm enjoying this book. It's very dense and I it feel like it's definitely. more of an adult read in a weird way, even though it deals with like a bunch of comic booky concepts but uh,
3: I'm enjoying it. Yeah, yeah I'm enjoying it as well. And just like you said, it, there has been so many. There have been quite a few books that have touched on like the pandemic and all of that stuff that we have read. But they've been so on the nose and and like over the top. Um, this one, it, it is nice. Like, that's a really good point, Kofi. I, I. Mm, Matt, I'm so glad you said that uh, all of that about Bones, where she's like, that's like tying everything and like keeping everything grounded with her because I had no idea. Like I couldn't, I didn't understand what her role was, like why she was even, why we we're even hearing her story or like her dialogue at all. Um, so I'm actually glad you said that because now I think I have a better understanding of like where it's going and and that's cool. It's a it's a good book. I like it. I, I really enjoyed it. It's It's a different perspective. And now that all this multiverse stuff, I mean, I'm also watching Arrowverse for the first time. And I'm watching Flash. And he literally just like jumped, he just like totally twisted time up. So my brain is kind of like, (laughs) swelling with multiverse stuff. And I'm kind of eating up anything like this. So I think that's why I'm kind of biased. I really do like this book a lot.
5: Well, and I love the end, too, because that the, the last page actually shows Director Bones like looking at that screen and it lays out like all the things they actually already know of like they know where Wonder Woman is. And they're like, is she ever going to get out? Like it lays out all the things yeah. that it's cool because it you go through the whole story and, and why well, I didn't like love every section of it. There's some good stuff in there about them probing for questions. And then you see what they actually know, like all the stuff that's behind this. List. So that's cool. It gives a macro level perspective so uh last book here uh is probably the biggest one uh save the best for last uh star wars war of the bounty hunters uh number two and i feel like like you talk about how um there's a lot of names and concepts going on in the dc book that's how i felt in this book i am not i self-admitted i'm not like i love star wars but like i'm not the like aficionado of like every single name. You so, got like, me, baby. There's so many names. I like, I was kind of actually going to pretty much like ask Kofi to like, take the lead on this one. Because other than what I will say is, uh, cause there was a lot of names thrown around and I'm like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> I don't know who that person is. Uh, Dr. Aphra is my favorite. Is I can almost safely say that Dr. Aphra is my favorite Star Wars character. There's just a, there's just such a, like every time she's on the page, and, like, she's just so endearing and, like, so much personality. And it's so fun and makes all the other stuff kind of the big, bigger concepts going on. Just, like, I'm immersed because I care about her. And I just love the stuff. Like, We've pissed off everybody in this room. Like, we like all that stuff that's going on throughout this book is great. But, like, once we start, like, hey, it's from this planet and there's this. I was like, ah. Uh, <laughs> it's like my signal got scrambled. Uh, so, Kofi, like, what did you – Think about that because you are far more immersed in that. Uh,
1: I'm I'm pleasantly surprised by War of the Bounty Hunters because it, it is really tough at this point to pull off Star Wars stories alone, just like single stories within the original trilogy era the, during the kind of galactic civil war because there has been like so much done about that time period. And this is one of the most ambitious things I've seen is because they are crossing over like – so many characters in major characters from like film franchises and tv shows and the comics into this one big crossover that's set at this pivotal point between empire strikes back and return of the jedi and they're pulling it off in my opinion like it's actually really enjoyable um and so yeah this war of the bounty hunters 2 if you are a deep cut star wars fan the deeper you are into this stuff the the more rewarding it is because you see boba fett like battle bosk Who is the guy who trained him when he was just after, you know, attack of the clones when he was just a little clone out on his own trying to make his way. Bosk is the bounty hunter that took him under his wing and showed him basically like how to become Boba Fett. And so they're having this kind of surrogate father son battle in this thing. And it's really cool because, you know, they just showed up on screen together in Empire in that one little cameo scene. And now we're getting this entire history between them. And so, like, it pays off this stuff. Dr. Aphra great because like she has crossed over she's been the crossover kind of character that they've used to plug into so many things in the Star Wars OT trip you know one she's had a lot of freedom and they filled in a lot of blanks like she's the one who got the location of the Hoth base for the Empire to save her own ass from Darth Vader and you know all this stuff so it's really good how they're actually bringing these together and even you know Leia when she got to take the lead in rescuing Han and how and filling in the blanks of how she got from the end of Empire into Jabba's palace and even why she's wearing that disguise and uh, of that other bounty hunter that tried to take her out and she ended up kicking his ass and taking his clothes and impersonating him and so like, you know, it's it's really actually good fulfilling Star Wars fill like backstory and fill in and none of it's making your head hurt with continuity errors or anything they found a good piece of time to kind of play with and make this big event that happened that they can do it this big and still at the end it's still self-contained enough to not affect anything from the beginning of M- of Return of the Jedi right like you yeah. just have a deeper understanding of how much freaking trouble it was to get Han back and how long it took um, and so I'm really enjoying it and this these two issues were a good week because Dr. Afra and they do almost like a Rashomon thing where War of the Bounty Hunters and Dr. Afra's stories are almost like in certain panels, you know, identical panel to panel when she comes in War of the Bounty Hunters and her storyline is identical to her solo issue. And and they do that very well, kind of meshing them all together. And you have Boba Fett, Bosk, Dr. Afra, Darth Vader, Leia, uh, uh, Leia Chewie, Lando. Um, so many people, freaking <laughs> Kira and Crimson Dawn from Solo, like all of these people are at the same party, and Jabba the Hut and the entire yeah, party, right. who have their own drama going uh, are all on in the same party scene at the same time, and it's just and if you're a Star Wars like geek, it's hard and I mean this is ultimate mark out material, so so enjoy. It's so good to see Kofi so highly. Like, it's just such a. I'm you know, Star Wars comics and books right now. They are they're
5: giving me life. So good, Janelle. What would you think?
3: I mean, Kofi said it all pretty beautifully. Um, but as a casual Star Wars fan, kind of like you, Matt, I really enjoyed it. It's really easy for me to follow, even if there's uh, maybe characters or people that I don't really know. I still kind of get their vibe yeah. in this book, which is. That's pretty impressive because they have like one line, you know, and yet I'm like, okay, they've kind of figured, like told me who this person is, what they're about. Um, And there were just a few moments that I really, really, really enjoyed. And uh, gosh, I like, this is one that I would not want to spoil for people because when certain people show up, you're just like, oh my gosh, it's just really exciting. It's unexpected. Like the end of the book was completely unexpected for me. Um, And yeah, I just really, really good. And also just awesome to see Leia (laughs) jump in there. Like (laughs) uh, it was just a good, really good book. It was really, really well done.
5: Good man. Star Wars has been killing it lately. If you, if you are not reading those, uh, you know, from a, both a casual and a, and a hardcore, it's, there's a a recommendation both ways. So I would say that
3: was my favorite book of the week.
5: All right. Let's
2: give you guys some time for
5: wrestling. Yes.
2: Here we go. All right, Matt. So we've got a we've got ourselves a busy little schedule coming up this week. We've yes, got we WWE is back on the road starting tonight down in Houston. Yeah. You get to acknowledge the tribal chief <laughs> live and in person, and if you don't, I'm telling on you. Oh, um, yeah. And then we've got Slammiversary tomorrow right here in Nashville, Tennessee. Myself and I believe Matt will also be attending um we've got money in the bank on sunday raws on monday in dallas it's live in front of fans too it's an exciting stretch of days but we'll start with slammiversary because we don't talk about impact wrestling that much but there's a couple of big talking points the first being kenny omega is still on his thanos quest and he has the impact world championship he's defending it against an absolute psychopath in sammy callahan Matt, is there any chance in the world this is where
5: Kenny starts to fall? Um. Oh, man. It's, it's a weird thing. I want to say yes because I feel like who else is there? <laughs> like who – like right now on Impact, other than Moose. Moose. But, like, that seems like a far – like, right now positioned at this moment in time, I don't see Mm -hmm. like Moose being at that spot, like just for whatever reason to be not talent wise, but just like from a push perspective to be like on that level where they would take the belt off of Omega. So like Callahan seems like the biggest and most credible threat. And, you know, he's been champion before he's had good runs. Like this would be, and he's been not the champion long enough where it would probably feel fresh again you know for that to happen so like it seems like all all, everything points to yes this is the time and yet it's for whatever reason i just can't like pull the trigger and say like yeah because i i don't know i don't feel like it's still the right time for them to do it but i just don't know who who does it after callahan i don't see anybody else at that tier level that could you could go oh yeah you know, it taking it off Omega. Yeah, we can we can see that happening. Everything else would feel like too much of a a work. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's right? Weird. I'm weird. I'm caught. So uh, I'm
2: gonna get you uncaught because I think you you need to consider a couple things with Kenny. It's not just that he is an impact; it's that he's also juggling his stuff with AEW and with AAA. So right. first loss he takes is a big deal. He has not suffered a singles pinfall loss since November of 2019. In that lights out match with John Moxley, which wasn't even sanctioned. You got to go back even further yeah, right. to the match with Pac at all out earlier that August. It's been a long time since he actually has been beaten. So that first loss is going to be a big freaking deal. And if you think it's not going to be an AEW, I think you're nuts. I think the first title he needs to drop is the AEW one, which we're setting up for this God, this end of a three-year storyline between him and Hangman. At all, right. I think that's his first real loss. That's where he drops that title, and then we see the other pieces fall. fall away. As for it, as for what they do with Triple I think he beats Andrade in August at Triple Mania, and then maybe loses in a rematch. I'm not going to here speculate what they're doing down in Mexico. I'm just not. As for Impact. You have a couple options, and it's not Sammy. I think the first one is Josh Alexander. He's the X Division champion right now. They have this gimmick with that title where you can cash in the belt for a shot at the world title. It's called Option C. I actually interviewed him about this, and he says it's on the table for him. He teased it the night he won the X Division title. And if you're going to look at anybody and go, this is the guy that can carry us into the future with impact, Alexander's a perfect guy. He is... His nickname on the Indies is the Iron Man of pro wrestling. He he loves 60-minute Iron Man matches, and his in-ring style is very reminiscent of one Kurt Angle. So if you're going to base a company on anybody, that's a pretty solid bet. And where he is right now, I wouldn't say to do it. But if he comes out of this Ultimate X match, which is what I'm most looking forward to because those things are insane – if he comes out of that and is still X-Division champion come October when we get to Bound for Glory, that's perfect. Other option, you could always go back to Moose because that guy needs to get crowned at some point. He's got He's a new so deal. Good, man. He was robbed of his last title because the young buckaroos decided to to interfere. Or you go back to Rich Swan and kind of have him, hey, you dropped the ball early this year when you dropped the title to it. So uh, maybe this is sense. your redemption tour. I don't know. But they've got some options. I don't think Sammy is one of them. Hmm. Interesting. Now, the other big thing with Slammiversary, they did this last year, and they hit us with some surprises. They're doing it again. They're basically teasing, hey, you know, everybody who got released by WWE this past year? Yeah, they're coming. Not all of them, but we're going to tease that they're coming. Yeah. And you got to tune in and figure out which four or five guys we actually got. Who do you think is actually showing up? Because I can tell you already – the
5: advertisement had Samoa Joe heavily featured, and I don't think <laughs> he's going to up. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. Um, oh man, uh, I will say the the one I because th- I'm trying to figure out who the mystery opponent yeah is. Oh, I, I and, know that one. I, and I, we because we initially thought it was Green.
2: Well, she's obviously popping up elsewhere on that show because uh, her fiance is kind of battling right. her best friend, his best friend, and her, his ex. In a mixed tag match. Gee, I wonder who his tag partner might be.
5: <laughs> right. So it's like, okay, well then that's probably, you know, that's like
2: it G shows up. So then so what do you do then, with Bianca?
5: So it's like, ah, oh, does it? I kind of side with like it's not a ex WWE person. I'm actually like my thing is actually like someone that whether it and I'm not saying it's Tessa Blanchard, but I'm saying someone that was like previously signed with Impact, like Kylie Ray, because like. She mm. was still under contract And all that stuff happened And she started doing wrestling dates earlier this year So like who yeah. knows maybe they work something else out Right With the um, NWA now, yeah, Right so like um, maybe that's Something that happens there but then I do Think there will be someone that pops up From WWE I My money is on the former Iconics uh, I, I feel like one, Number one I just loved them <laughs> In WWE uh, And so for them to And I cannot believe they got released yeah. Like, that's just one of those. I, I just don't understand it, especially with their tag team division, like already having issues <laughs> before they were there, like while they were there. So like, I think them they would be a perfect fit for impact. I think they're just like impact has so much freedom and like how they do comedy and like you can approach it a bunch of different ways. And we see that oh, every absolutely. week. So I think they would, man, they would be killer on that show. I think they would just be able to really carve out, especially now with like Fire and Flavor as the, you know, as the knockout champions. Like th- that program alone would yeah. be worth it. So I think them. My money's on them. Uh, so they're,
2: I, they're a lock for me just because you've reintroduced those knockouts tag titles and you don't have much of a division to actually fill it with. You've, you've kind of been cobbling wrestlers together to.
5: Keep You've been doing team. what
2: WWE does, which basically. Is yeah, and so you need single legit single tag people. teams. You have Fire and Flavor, the Iconics, so I think they're calling about the Inspiration now. That, is that their like, official
5: one going by? Yeah, with, with
2: two eyes again, because you know. Also, I've yeah, seen the comment section that Snorlax is going to be a mystery opponent. I'm I'm afraid to tell you, Snorlax is not signed with Impact Wrestling, so don't don't expect that kind of campaign I see you laughing, Janelle, but um, <laughs> I, I'm expecting uh, a Snorlax. I, I think Diana De- is fighting Mickey James. Uh, that's another match. Champion. She's obvious. Her ninety-day no compete clause is up. She's already doing stuff with the NWA. She's made it clear that she wants to keep wrestling elsewhere. So, I think that's my bet. There, one though. I wouldn't hate if it were somebody like a Doctor Britt Baker or a Thunder Rosa and just completely take us by surprise. Mm, be, a
5: yeah, big interesting.
2: As for other surprises. I'm gonna go with Kalisto showing up in that Ultimate X match. Um, I think when I interviewed Josh, he n- named two people he wanted to show up: Murphy and Kalisto. I don't think that second one was an accident. I think yeah. I think that's how he gets back, and he is just such a perfect fit for the X division. That that whole division is based around his wrestling style. Yeah, and I think Murphy does show up i think he I is their, i story. think he is their big get and i think he is instantly inserted into either the exhibition or the main t- the main event picture he, he fits in both the style matches both i think he would knock it out of the park there so i'm
5: i'm, I'm hoping he comes yeah. that's a that's a hope
2: one I, I think if any of the big surprises like Guys, I wrote it in a story yesterday. Don't hold your breath. It's probably not Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I
5: don't think it's Daniel (laughs) Bryan. And it's
2: probably not Braun Strowman. That guy comes with a pretty high asking price. So I don't think it's either of those two. I think of all the big surprises, Murphy is the big one by the end of the night. But then we got Sunday. Dear Matthew, we have Money in the Bank. Now, when it comes to the world title matches – Kofi, I'm am afraid to say that the council of Kofis will not be pleased because I don't think Kofi Kingston is beating Bobby Lashley. <laughs> we
1: rebranded into the Kofi Collective for marketing. Ah, oh,
2: mistake. that's good.
5: That's a good one. Yeah,
2: my my mistake. We got merch. Um, since we we got a certain rumor about a certain former WCW star coming back and fighting Bobby Lashley, that and you can tell from the tone of my voice just how cool. happy I am with that. But we'll talk about that another day. And I don't think Roman is losing to Edge because we got Roman John Cena coming up next month by all reports indicating. So that just leaves two big questions. Who the hell is winning those briefcases, Matthew?
5: Oh, man. So, okay, so when we when the wrestling team did the predictions, I got to fix mine, by the way. Yeah, Uh, right. Because we both we both did the same thing. We're like, oh, it's Sasha. Yeah, because there's a mystery spot and that'll be like they'll hold that. And then they were like, oh, it's Tamina. And we were like, yeah, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. well!" And there was okay. much rejoicing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there goes our there goes our pick. Uh, now, granted, I'm still here's the thing. I looking at this list, like the the briefcase is always better. Nine times out of ten, there are exceptions, but it's always better when a heel has it. It's just mm-hmm. this. It's just they they can do all kinds of other things, and you can. Have different creative storyline choices That only heels can do and so It just adds to it like even the Subpar runs when a heel has it Are better you know like look at Miz's Most recent run even though I'm still Pissed to. off Otis right it wasn't Good but it was still better Than like if you You know what I mean than like half of the baby Faces you could have given it to just because again He can do certain things with it that baby Faces can't so like looking at the List right now it's like well I mean do you give it to Vega you know because like that seems, yes, I mean, maybe that was part of the deal, right? Like, coming mm-hmm. back in, you get a, a big run with the, with the briefcase and things like that, maybe. Um, she but, like, Sasha makes all the sense. Match. Sasha makes all the sense of the world. So, like, I'm still holding out the pool, one of those, like, Becky at the Royal Rumble things, right? When someone's hurt and, like, oh, here's my replacement. And then it's somehow Sasha. Like, I'm, I'm still going to go with that because – that's like I can't look at this and get a big read I would say if you're gonna give it to a baby face though give it to Nikki because if you're if you're committed to long term they showed with Otis they are not most most times but if you're committed to a long-term storyline you could pay that off because if you can get you know the crowds over with that character mm-hmm. and build that over a long period of time people would be rooting for her to cash that in and you don't have to do the heel thing so Maybe, but it's it's hard. Sasha still is my pick.
2: Yeah, it's so I'm looking at these these lineups, and I also have to acknowledge the fact that the booking surrounding the Money in the Bank contract for the past couple of years has been pretty bad, and you can tell that sometimes they run out of ideas by quickly having somebody cash in the same night that they win it. I don't think we're getting that necessarily this week. Oh, if God. we do, it's Sasha. Because she can just cash right in on Bianca and then we're right back to where we were at Right. Mainland. I am so terrified they're gonna give it to Alexa Bliss. I, I am just I,
5: I don't I know why hear. they would though right now. It seems like a weird pivot.
2: Because it gets really her perfect. back in the title pic because it gets her back in the title picture with all of this what she's doing right now, which I got I got some bad news for you. I don't think that is gonna be well received at all when there are fans actually in the crowd but we'll see my yeah. guess. as for the men's side. I hope it's not real because he's talking about just making it a tag team cash in, which, you know, fine for the story, but all you need to do to get a tag title match, just walk up and ask for one. They don't, <laughs> they, they don't put ridiculous. a lot of thought behind it. <laughs> uh, the exciting options for me. And it's what I'm really hoping for is somebody, whether it's Sasha or Becky, Somehow you you throw back her into the equation. They'll give me hype, man. They get inserted in the match last minute and they win. And for the men's side, give it to Biggie. I, I know you're doing this thing with Goldberg and, and Bobby oh, Lashley. That's hey. fine. I know that you know Roman is gonna hold that title till the heat death of the universe, but you gotta he's doing nothing right now. At the start of the year, he looked like he was the next guy. He was next up in line to yeah. get that real main event push. And ever since Mania, he's just kind of been treading water.
5: Well, it didn't help that they, you know,
2: had at him least fight his Apollo. next opponent. Well, And then they had him <laughs> fight Apollo 15
5: times. Now, granted, that was good at the beginning. That was
2: really good. It was and good. Then and then, then, it, had, yeah. and then the, after the eighth time I saw it, I said, you know what? I'd like a different matchup, please. <laughs> and they said, oh, well, you want more? Here you go. And then we were supposed to get
5: Alistair. And
2: yeah, funny how that turned out.
5: Yeah. Uh,
2: But he is the dude is ready and it it doesn't have to be a new day breakup. It doesn't have to. This doesn't even have to be his big crowning moment, but just put him in a world title picture. And this is the fastest way to do it. So that's what I'm pushing for. He's a good choice. How do you feel about SummerSlam right now, though? Because we know we know three matches. Roman Reigns versus John Cena. Cena getting a few nods here earlier this episode. Seth Rollins versus Edge and Bobby Lashley versus Bill Goldberg. How do you feel, Matt?
5: Because
2: um, this is supposed uh, to be the biggest show of the year. This is supposed to be 2021's WrestleMania. You thought WrestleMania
5: 37 was a big deal? Well, shut up. Okay, so uh, if we are looking at it from just that angle, yeah, it's actually building quite nicely. If you look at it from how WWE looks at these things, right, which is like we need big name power, we need star power, we need matchups that we haven't had recently. Mm -hmm. If you look at it from that perspective, all three of those fit that bill. You haven't had Goldberg versus Lashley. You haven't had. Roman versus John Cena in a while. And plus now with like get ready for them to re-release that clip of that promo battle they had way back when and build oh, all yeah. that hype up. That production video is gonna be amazing. Uh so like have that and then Rollins versus Edge again. Like all three of those. Uh, and all three of those have the potential, aside from like the Goldberg one, to be really good matches. Goldberg, it's just, you know, it's it I look, this comes from the biggest Goldberg mark on the planet, okay? But like those last few times, man, to keep going back to that well, and it's mm-hmm. it's not it, – every time it gets, it gets worse, <laughs> it gets a little worse, and it's just painful. So, like, you know, I don't – as a match, who knows if that'll deliver, but, like, from – just from from that, i feeling pretty good about it so far. If we can do that, apply that same level to the women's matches and balance this thing out and get Becky – which is, you know, the rumor is that Becky's going to have some sort of like, he's going to be around, you she'll know, be in, she'll <laughs> this, be in Houston and then this she'll weekend, be in Fort Worth. Right. So, uh, so, I don't but, know if she'll be there tonight. But, but we've been definitely. trolled a million times by her. So like, yeah. I, but I would expect by SummerSlam, we will. She, yeah. she will be back in the mix. So like Becky versus somebody, right? Uh, whatever. Uh, if Bianca still holding the title or Sasha, like that whole thing, we're going to have some, if we can do that on the other side, Feeling pretty good about it. Not gonna lie.
2: I'm right there with you. I, I think with the massive asterisk that is Bill Goldberg, I think SummerSlam could legitimately be the biggest show WWE puts on this year. You want to talk about the be- the biggest box office match they can possibly do right now? It's Roman Reigns versus The Rock. Well, you can't have The Rock right now, but you can't have the second biggest match yeah, big you man. can possibly do right now, and that's Reigns versus John Cena. I'm all for it. Acknowledge him as the tribal chief, even though you refuse to, Matthew. And I, I think I think SummerSlam could
5: be awesome. Also, can I say I'm looking I'm looking more forward to to Reigns, Cena, that I would be Reigns, Rock, and mm-hmm. and the reason why is just because of the promos back and forth. Rock's amazing on the mic, but like the last time we saw Rock on the mic, like. Sometimes it felt very dated. He, and, he, he and definitely
2: hits the high notes from his prime. He That's does. But like
5: Cena, the last time we saw him still has, you know what I mean? Still has like the ability as far as his promo work goes mm-hmm. to not. It it doesn't just go back into the same things. They'll touch on stuff. They'll touch on the golden shovel, like all those highlights from those things. But like he I just I'm looking more forward to those segments as we build. And then the match is going to be good regardless of who it was.
2: But I'll, I'll counter that and say I think the family story between Reigns and the rest of the Noe family is the most compelling thing WWE has been doing. Oh, for absolutely. Everything with the Usos. You're going to keep building on that by right. bringing Rock in. So I think that, that
5: I think those promos are going to get personal. They are, which would be amazing if they are. Um, yeah. But, you know, yeah, I'm more I think I'm more looking forward to just like the overall thing between Cena and Reigns, but I think as a storyline, it makes all the sense in the world to go with rock at some point, And that will be killer because it's yeah. been great.
2: So. And you can, you can sell a hundred oh, thousand with that. But
5: yeah, that is wrestling
2: in a nutshell. We got a whole lot and you can follow it all over on comic books, WWE section back to you, Kofi.
1: All right, guys. Thank you for the wrestling update. You heard big things happening. Make sure you check that out. And if you don't have time to check out the actual viewings, like Connor said, our comic book wrestling team, and we're even making it better behind the scenes is going to be handling all of that. So stay tuned. All right. That'll do it for this action packed and star studded uh, episode of comic book nation. We want to thank Brandon Davis and Aaron Perrine for coming on and repping for Phase Zero, our Marvel podcast today, and helping us out. We want to thank all you guys for tuning in. We are live every Friday at noon Eastern time on Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube. You can rewatch any episode after our live broadcast on any of those platforms. If you want to listen to the audio, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or you can tell any smart home device. Play Comic Book Nation podcasts. It'll get you into our universe. If you guys want to contact us, you can always follow the Comic Book Nation Twitter account or you can hit me up at
5: Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Matt Aguilar, CB.
3: You can find me at Janelle Wheeler.
5: And at Connor Casey, CB. Thank you, guys. If you
1: like the show, go on Apple Podcasts and please do leave us a five-star review. We always appreciate it. Otherwise, we will see you next show. Glad to be back. Glad to have big movie things happening and glad to be talking to all of y'all. This has been Comic Book Nation. Peace. Bye, guys. Say Later.